Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest. I've deemed her the talent boss. And as she begins to speak and tell you her story, you will know exactly why I've called her the talent boss. So Jennifer was the person that I, I kind of met through PodFest, through Andrew. So it was kind of like a secondary situation to where Andrew was like, hey, I think you should meet her. And she, we connected a couple of weeks ago. We had a great conversation. I was like, I got to have you on the show. And I kind of just started telling her about the show and the reasons why she is obviously the definition of a boss. So without further ado, Jennifer, the floor is yours. Tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Jennifer Dodge, JD. Thank you for listening and being here. And um, I have a background definitely in performing arts um, and really in just the, the the dream, building the dream, expressing the dream, being the dream, and um, bringing others along with you. And so I, um, uh, I'll say the same word, a dreamer and somebody who always believed anything was possible and that there's no limit in your pathways to growth and to create what you desire for your life. Um, and so I had a dream of being able to perform uh, originally as a character actress, um, you know, in top companies such as Disney, playing characters that are really iconic and legendary and impactful with their messaging and their personalities and um, what they meant to me. And so I have, um, you know, definitely built my career as an actress and a model um, with live interactive performances on stage and um, through me meet and greets and you know films and commercials and things like this and then i have now um you know built my own production company and pathway to be able to merge my um desire to really address mental health and just soul satisfaction soul happiness joy um and you know really as cliche as it sounds the world peace initiative um through performing arts and really being able to create impossible, unlimited um, goals with the right collaborations where, um, you know, we're bridging the gaps of mental health and utilizing performing arts to do that is really um, why I'm here and what I've, what I've built and what I'm working towards. Nice, nice. So I think part of one of the things that you said, and just, you know, anybody has the opportunity to kind of go to her YouTube channel with a particular video that was on that channel, and you were just talking about a girl's dream of becoming a princess, right? So in that journey of becoming a princess, you actually fulfilled that. So kind of, let's just talk, I mean, obviously you mentioned Disney a little bit, you talked about some of your acting. Let's dive into that philosophy a little bit about becoming a princess. Yeah, and um so, you know, I could definitely speak about princess empowerment and there's different layers of discussion um, of my beliefs about that. And But to answer your question, um, my journey was originally um, identifying as like a pixie or like a, a petite woman. And I had a dream of playing Tinkerbell um, in many capacities. And, you know, with some 
of my own journeys with confidence and um, maybe not feeling worthy of being a, a Disney princess. Um, and also just worthiness with my my height, size, and things like this. I was able to transform my own self-worth by um, holding the faith of um, being cast as a Disney actress. And so that journey, I uh, really just trusted my intuition. And I kind of told everybody consistently that I was I was the part. I was getting the part. It was me in my own identity. Um, and so everybody started to call me Tinkerbell or they would, you know, really believe what I would say to a point where it was already done in everybody's mind, including mine. Um, and so my journey with auditioning at Disney, um, I actually, uh, I auditioned in San Francisco, California, and um, I didn't hear my name when they, or my number, if you will, when they called me to proceed in the audition. So I actually left um, the venue. This has happened to me twice where I've left a venue um, and thinking I didn't get the part. And then um, I hear, I work intuitively. So I hear a voice in my, in my brain or my soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it just whispered to turn around and go back, go back, ask. And so I, I did listen to my intuition. And so I was able to turn, instead of being afraid of the fear of what if it didn't work, the fear of shame and it not going your way, but instead being so courageous and so confident that you, no matter what people think of you, you continually fight for your dream. And so I did go back. I my Anyway, I went back. And I asked, and it turned out I was still in the audition. And so I did um, jump right back in, and I, I made it all the way through. And then from there, I was able to um, achieve, you know, multiple offers in different character roles, and then just grow, grow, grow from there um, in different in different variations of specialties with my scuba certification and being uh, really good friends with Mickey Mouse. Um, and able to swim with sharks and nice. in character and just lots of different uh, different examples of characters. Nice, nice. So if you had to define yourself, right, like what three to five words would you choose? Hmm. Um, visionary, curious, um, funny, um, passionate and creative and right. abstract. That's six. Create abstract, <laughs> creative. Can we mix them? <laughs> I think, I think it's definitely cool. I mean, it's definitely a testament to who you are. And I think another part of, of who you are is you're always on the journey to not only find self-confidence in yourself, but to help other people on that self-confidence journey. So you got to just talk about that a little bit. And I think you alluded to it a little bit about your height earlier on. So let's just talk about some of the things that you were faced with on that journey to becoming these Disney characters, to becoming who you are today. And how did you overcome those hurdles? Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting story, and I could go deeper just in maybe future questions about it. But um, you know, I always identified as really confident, even as a baby or a toddler. I think I was very um, just confident in myself and um, certain, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely experienced bullying, and I didn't even I don't even feel like I feel bullied as a child because I was so confident that. It didn't even phase me, but that's not true either because, you know, 
things are deep in your subconscious programming. So essentially, I mean, my first experience of bullying was just really being a, a woman or a person who was really short. So I always see, excuse me, I obviously stood out in everywhere I go. It's, you know, I'm the shortest one in the room. And this is an inappropriate joke. So I apologize if it's inappropriate to anybody in the audience. Um, but I just think it's really uh, clear about my size. Um, so anyway, the point is there was a, a wonderful girl who was in a wheelchair and, um, you know, during our, uh, photo shoot as a class, I remember us lining up height by height, by height, by height, by height. And I was even still shorter than the kid in the, in the chair, in the wheelchair. So I remember that's really standing out to me, um, of like, yeah, not so much shame, but just a trigger in your confidence and being that person that always stood out, that always was stared at, no matter where I'd go, I'd be stared at. I'd have people laugh at me, pick me up, you know, types of things like this, um, just to make you feel kind of unworthy. Um, or even, you know, just walking by and having like a whole group of people talk about you in front of you and laugh at you never feels good. So that was just kind of my original wound of being stared at a lot and always kind of being watched or stand, stood out. Um, but it definitely shaped my strength and my ability to have that uh, unshakable confidence no matter what, which really did lead into how I can own the stage, become number one on a roster, which that means just being a top uh, actress that gets the role, gets the gets the gig. Um, and I'm proud of that because it's really about being the essence and, and radiating just, just no matter what. Um, so yeah, I mean, I started just with those types of bullying encounters and feeling like I wasn't worthy for who I was uniquely. Um, and I've been able to instead transform that belief in myself to being like so proud of who I am and and how I am, and that being my key game changer in the industry too. So, I mean, taking all that, right? I mean, obviously, like you're 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 full of life, you're full of energy, and you're, and you're full of confidence and motivation. And you took all these different things, and you kind of created a brand for yourself, and you created a business around it. So, let's talk about like your business. Like, what 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 business do you have based upon those principles? And what type of clients are you usually looking for to work with? Yeah. So I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades, if you will. And, um, and so I could say my, you know, the original answer would be my clients are everyone, which is a little bit, um, maybe roll your eyes about that, but deeper down, um, I've built multiple pillars in my, in my gifts and how my gifts work together to serve clients. So, um, my ideal client is somebody who is, um, hungry, ambitious, uh, passionate that is a talent so talent can mean you want to transform your art your um your passion into profit and so then the pillars are i operate like um, as a coach and so coaching can mean a lot of things whether that's coaching your mindset and your identity to um, believe something different mindset coaching to be able to create a result maybe that you're blocking subconsciously because you don't believe you're worthy of it or whatever the, the reason in your subconscious. So that's a psychology background or a counseling psychology type of um, category in coaching specifically. But coaching has its own tree of like um, roots where you can coach talent then. So coaching dance, coaching theater, coaching public speaking, coaching just confidence, coaching songwriting. And I could go on and on about coaching and being able to mirror back to a client what they're projecting or reflecting or being able to see their art and take it another angle, which is what's beautiful about artists mm -hmm. collaborating. 
creating something that you would never create on your own because of that different art form mixed with yours. So then um, my other, so that would be one company is coaching, a Gen Pink coaching. Um, and then the other pillar is JD Studios Productions LLC, which is specifically producing commercials, um, like 30 second trailers to really portray someone's gifts or to be able to move an audience to um to buy to you know become a fan etc and then um you know that company goes on and on with commercial work uh writing scripts for companies producing um music videos and photo photo shoots and lots of things like this and then i guess the other pillar um I could go on, but I'll, I'll just keep it to three right now, um, would be just my talent. So I can sell my talent as an actress, model, singer, songwriter. Um, there's just many angles of the, of the company. And so um, those are the three pillars as of, you know, the main ones of how to merge coaching, production, and um, talent. Now I guess everyone clearly understands why I've called you the, the talent boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So let's, let's talk, I mean, uh, you alluded to one of your businesses being an LLC, right? So this is, this is one of those questions. I mean, obviously you have multiple different pillars. How are your business structured? I mean, do you have multiple LLCs? Do you have S-Corps, C-Corps? Do you have an umbrella? Like how, how is it set up? Um, mostly LLC. And um, that's the one I kind of, the heartbeat is JD Studios Productions LLC. Um, and then I do partnerships with, with other companies through that LLC. Um, I'm trying to think, I have a, a nonprofit entity, so that would be 501c3, um, which gets a little deeper into the mental health parts of things, or allows me to volunteer my work out uh, to nonprofits. So my production company is an LLC, but then I might be able to um, commit a certain percent of investment or time towards nonprofit work, uh, performing or doing production for them. So I've merged my nonprofit with my LLC, and um, I'm trying to think. I think my coaching company might be a C Corp, um, but I usually work with the LLC as of current has been my, my main um, reporting. So, I mean, just talking about entertainment wise, right? I mean, like that's a juggling act in itself, right? I mean, you have all these different business structures and they're, they're like, they're moving around, anything can go wrong in either one of those businesses. So what systems do you have in place to kind of maintain the composure across all of these brands? Um, my system is simple. So that's kind of my answer. I really, you know, I worked with a coach as well to help me build the systems actually. Um, I actually have a story about that. I, um, it's kind of like a, uh, well, I don't know the words of this, so never mind. Um, but there was a time when I was also just really struggling with mental health, which was directly related to my ability to profit or receive, to feel safe, to receive and grow and to be seen essentially. So I remember just really knowing I was hitting a wall with um, with my business and I needed to hire this coach to help me build the structures and the systems so that there was no excuse for why I wasn't growing essentially. And um, so back then when I felt like I was just blocking uh, my transformation. And um, so I rem remember it was this catch 22 where I had manifested an iPad. It was really special to me, this iPad, because it was like, unlocking this level a material thing but unlocking this level of i can translate my art i can 
illustrate the dream. People can understand me, you know, and it meant something for that. And then I remember um, selling the iPad for like a terrible price just because I needed the money. And I used that iPad to pay for my first investment in this business coach um, to help me get the systems in place. And that did change a lot of things. And it unlocked, you know, my first ability to do five figure uh, sales and grow from there. Um, so the the system was um, taking, you know, just taking those risks and trusting myself, but also that's just what I did to get there. But the system was simple. Um, just really what's the one pillar, um, which was really, how can I create service so powerful that I create long-term, uh, viral clients or long-term, um, I say viral as in it's a trickle effect. I believe you plant a seed and it grows, grows, grows. Um, so creating one sustainable impact and loyalty, creates, um, such as having a loyal client, such as Disney or Universal Studios or other clients, um, and then being able to coach intuitively those clients' clients so powerfully that it's it's um, it's unmeasurable knowing where the source came from and also just really being able to create, yeah, the client, the, the system is simplicity and client impact because when you see a for example a seven-year-old child transforming their sexual assault on stage in front of thousands of celebrities you know and then the celebrities make you know invest like whatever the number is one hundred fifty thousand dollars in the nonprofit that day to keep the arts alive hmm. that is the strategy that is the business model it's impacting souls that you can't you can't erase that you don't negotiate with jennifer dodge talent boss because you see in the heart of the eyes in their heart in their performance how powerful it was and you will you will sign up you will pay you will you will join because it's it's about the impact so that's really my my message um and uh just keeping things really simple really clear pathways where it's almost like magic you don't need any i don't you don't need anything as in it's um it speaks for itself it it, it sells for itself and that's that's my my um my magic about that yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, in a sense that that if, if if anybody would listen to that, I think they need to rewind back about five minutes. And and like you said, you don't negotiate with the talent boss, right? So you know your value, you have confidence in your value, and you're presenting what you think is is a is a perceived value deal to whoever you're presenting it to. And I think that that's a segment that you know a lot of people misinterpret right some people may say okay hey i need this and how much is it and then you tell them it's ten thousand, and then they look at you like well ten thousand. could you do it for eighty five hundred? could you do it for seventy five hundred? and it becomes a negotiation thing and in some parts of the world like negotiation is everything but to your point the credibility in what you do shouldn't be negotiated because you're going to get them the results that they want and do you stand by that do you, i mean what i just said is that a true statement to you yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I am very uh just I said certain earlier and I'll, I'll keep with that. It's this faith, it's the strong certainty as an artist of being able to deliver a vision and um being able to trust that iconic essence of just all the way through, follow through just in the sense of um your your commitment to a project or to a to a character um so this show must go on and and really you know, if you come to, if you came to a performance and you knew Jennifer Dodge was going to be on the stage, you'll, you'll know she'll show, you'll know she'll be legendary and you'll know the audience will scream, scream her name. Um, and the only reason why that happens is because I'm open heart, vulnerable, completely surrendered to the audience and to the character and to the writers who wrote the script, everybody involved. So that's where 
sales does come involved come in because it's the same type of thing whether i'm negotiating for an investor in a nonprofit mm. mission you don't say you don't you don't walk away you're moved you're changed and that's really my my statement um in the art forms or in the creativity of what what i do and why it's it's a statement it's like abstract art when you paint a picture and you splatter the paint it's done it's there it's very clear um that that's the way it's going and so that's what i would say i mean i've i've definitely had a journey with a lot of things but um i'm very certain and confident in what i the value i deliver and why and um and the impact beneath it and how all of the systems and structures do work together a happy ensemble you pair the right you know you know you trust me to pair the right team together so you get that synergy in a in a group um the right performing artists because i know politics too so i know who's going to clash why what communication needs to happen how to you know one coach might go on a set and you don't you don't get any talent you don't get the shot you're looking for because they didn't know how to coach but jennifer dodge knows how to unlock the talent the client and coach them to a level where they are shining, they are radiant because I've unlocked something in their soul to get the perform the performance, but a performance can be an expression of self too. So that's what I do. Um, I unlock you and it's and from there it's it's magnetized it's magnetizing. So you can't negotiate magnetizing energy. It's it's law of attraction. It's it pulls you. So that's kind of my statement about that. Wow, that's definitely powerful stuff. So, I mean, in that, I mean, I think you alluded to without defining it as being a, a, a triple threat, right? I mean, you have all different three aspects of in your particular business of being like a talent agent to a certain extent. So in that, right, the next question would be, is someone seeing you for the first time and they may say, okay, she's a, she's a Disney princess or she's a hell of a coach or her production agency has done a great job and you may be the perception of an overnight success, but in reality, how long have you been on your journey to get to where you are currently? I would truly say it's been 29 years of mm. consistent persistence. Um, and I say that it's kind of, I am 29. So um, that's a little bit of a joke, but it's not because, you know, I believe I was very just aware as an infant, just super, just super developed or wise. You know, my mother said I came out like an adult, like I was just so, and she said I would scream in my, I would have these not panic attacks, but I would have these kind of like just excitement seizures. I don't know how to say it. Like in the crib, I would be like, ah! like, I'm so excited about something. She's like, you were just lit up about something. Like nobody knew what you were screaming about, um, but you were just excited. And so that was like my infant, my first, you know, thing with that. And then as a two-year-old, I was creating abstract art at church or I guess my dad has a memory of me in funeral, a funeral at church, um, just wildly creating scribbles and just being so certain about my art and him being really moved by my art as a two-year-old. And then I was directing films. My dad was my first cinematographer. So I was, you know, using stuffed animals in my sets. My poor little sister was always in my movies. My cousins, every camping trip or family holiday, it was Jennifer's production and everybody sit down and she's performing and directing. So I was always creating stories with Barbies and, you know, it was very iconic. Um, my family would listen to me outside my bedroom door and I'd be screaming and acting and voice acting and creating stories and characters. And I think it was, you know, infancy, but really that's my cat. Um, 
at two years old. And I believe that I was writing, you know, my, my vision for now that I'm still building, which was the whole entire empire and the entire storytelling um, realm that I'm, that I'm writing. I'm a writer too. So um, it's a work in progress and I'm still working on it, but I do believe it's about 29 years of overnight success. Um, you know, and there's different layers of, you know, how long did it take you to work at Disney? I mean, that was a lot of work on my confidence to be able to demand and walk, you know, have the confidence to get through the audition and to come back, even when I thought I didn't get it. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's 29 years. So, I mean, you're a living example of your, your journey and your destination chose you. You didn't choose it. You were essentially born to be who you are currently, whether you knew it as a child or not. And I mean, everything that you talked about as being a toddler and an infant is essentially what funded and grew you into who you are today. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely crazy, right? So uh, thinking about that, like if, if time travel was possible and you can go back in time at any time in the last 29 years, what's one thing that you would want to change if you could do it all over again? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I would stay connected to my heart is the answer. Mm. Um, and so there's been moments, I mean, I could go back to childhood and talk to seven-year-old who's writing her, you know, hundreds of songs. I had this binder. I remember, you know, times where uh, I'd get frustrated and I would just be like, what's the point? And I'd burn them all or I'd rip them out of the notebook. Very dramatic. Um, but yeah, those moments are really emotional of maybe feeling suppressed. Like I remember as a child wanting to take voice lessons or wanting to be in LA, but feeling super sheltered and not really trusting the journey or not feeling like I, it was meant for me, like knowing deep down, yeah, like I was born for this. There's no question. This is my, this is my inner truth. This is, there's no other thing but this path, but then feeling like I was met with whatever the, the thing was that slowed it down or stopped the growth um, or the desire to perform and, and be in this mm-hmm. journey. But, um, but yeah, just really having that faith and trusting myself and no matter what other people might have said to me about their beliefs projected onto me, um, me just really staying connected to my heart. And so I guess it's about, it's about the, the, yeah, open your heart, be vulnerable and patience. Um, and that's a hard one. The patience and, and staying mm-hmm. open when you've been hurt a lot um, is also really hard to keep that open heart. But that's what it takes to be radiant um, and to, to connect. And so if you're closed off, um, you won't, it won't, you won't connect. And there's really no point. That's kind of like the moment of ripping out your songs. There's no point. What's the mm-hmm. point? But being open and that's what life is about. So that's what I would tell her. That's what I would tell myself. Um, hmm. And that's that's really simple. But I could go into more details of like, I'd redo this thing this way. But hmm. yeah, I mean, I just have to really learn with, with grace and self-love. And that is just the open heart thing and um, hmm. the patience. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, I think you also talked about your family life a little bit here and there in this conversation. And, you know, you kind of mentioned your parents and then you mentioned your dad. So, I mean, obviously you're a big entrepreneur and usually it's either one side of the corner or the either you're influenced by your environment based upon you know, like your parents or your grandparents, uncles and aunts being entrepreneurs, or you were just born that way. In your case, which one was it? Do you have any entrepreneurs in your family or did you just came, came out running to be an entrepreneur? Um, I, I, I mean, so I grew up with farmers, so Mm. their entrepreneurship was farming. 
but it wasn't so much like a business. It was more family, like supporting your family and just like the family heritage. Um, so I would say I am like the first entrepreneur. I mean, my family is very successful. I'm, I'm, you know, my brother's a doctor. My dad's a computer programmer, genius, math genius, and, you know, talented too, and really animated. Um, you'll see where I get it. And my sister's a nurse and really just genius socially. Um, and yeah, I mean, my family, my siblings and my family definitely had a huge influence just on my creativity and my ability to thrive and, you know, lots of encouragement of go Jen, you know, lots of that. So that really was beautiful. Um, the support from that, but I was the first entrepreneur who took it that way. Um, cause I was trained just to do the, the typical, get a degree and then get the job and then set yourself up for retirement and white picket fence. And that was kind of how I was believing. So I always felt a little bit different, like, but I know my path is different. Um, and, um, then my first entrepreneurship experience was on the farm. So it was uh, breeding miniature donkeys. And then um, we, my first sale was like an $800 donkey <laughs> um, or like selling grasshoppers to neighbors, stuff like this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was how it started. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's back that up. So a Disney princess was getting paid for breeding miniature donkeys. I, I, I want you to think about that in copywriting, right? Like what, is, what kind of headline would that be, right? <laughs> so so you, you, obviously you're a big family person, right? So, I mean, in, in today's world, like because you're such a huge entrepreneur, you have all these different pillars. How do you currently juggle like your work life with your family life? I, it's, it's a struggle. I feel like I'll be honest. Cause I always am. I do feel this grief in my soul of just wanting to be, to be more to, mm-hmm. cause I do hustle like regionally the West coast and the East coast. And I travel and I'm very, I'm very booked. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but it's really in my heart always to always come back to my roots, to be involved with my family um, and to show them that I care no matter where I go. Cause I, you know, I was in Florida and that was separating from my family too. Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer is I did give them like a year during the pandemic or year half of just um, like I, I moved home. I just spent time with my family just specifically. Um, so I did recently give them a lot of time. And then we have a Facebook group message. So we do message kind of daily just in the family group. Um, so I try to keep them up to date that way. And uh, then just phone calls or um, trying to plan vacations where every year or whatever it is, uh, whatever the occasion, birthdays or Mother's Day or um, celebrating my parents' 35 year anniversary. Uh, I'll go, I'll make sure that those weekends I prioritize um, visiting and um, just being a part of whatever's on the table. So that's the best way. Um, letters, stuff like that. Um, but I still wish I could do more and that, um, and I believe that's a mindset thing too of how to balance everything. But yeah. Nice. Nice. So it seems like, you know, obviously with your crazy schedule, with your multiple different pillars and always juggling and understanding that you need to kind of maintain composure in all your different facets, like you have to have like a serious morning routine. Like what, what does your morning habit, your morning routines look like? Yeah. So I, um, I really like just the moment of, uh, waking up early so that I can stay in bed and trick my brain to think slept in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one little thing I do. Um, it's, 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 you could maybe make fun of that, but, or it, it could be like perceived differently. Um, but I love to cuddle my cats. So I definitely spend time really 
taking my time waking up, being like, I light a candle, I spray my little like rose petal water, I sprinkle lavender, uh, like natural lavender in my bed. Um, so I definitely work with elements and scents to honor flame, to honor water, if you will, um, um, plants, colors of plants, smells and things in my my animals, their, their texture, the soft fur, and just truly creating a positive dialogue in my brain so that I'm waking up with the right, like the right energy. And then I do work with heat. So, um, you know, hot water, having my tea, feeling my tea, being grateful for whatever it is, matcha tea, coffee and I are best friends. Um, yeah. So I do a gratitude work with simply my tea and hot water or like the feeling of the warmth and then mm. just trying to be grounded with those elements. And then, um, I, I definitely do gratitude work um, often, whether that's when I'm washing my dishes or um, journaling with it. Oh. And I do have a sauna as well. So I do a lot of like stretching and kind of get into the dancer vibes, like ballerina vibes. And that really gets me into a state of a different oh. flow state of um, feeling open hearted or uh, being able to feel that creative energy start to churn um, because I take the time to honor just the little things like the tea, the flip, the candle, the cat, <laughs> um, and then the bath routine as well. Um, so it's really just the ritual of getting ready and putting intentions into either choosing my outfit or what did I choose the night before? Um, because I like to make a statement with my, my decisions, whether it's the hair color, the lipstick color, the, the jewelry I'm choosing, everything has an intention or an artistic yeah. message behind it whatever the vibe might be that day. Um, yeah. So those are my little kind of simple hacks. Um, and I have a lot of deeper level journaling I do or um, routines, but those are the main really simple ones. Uh, I'd love to like, I love when I'm in like a tropical area, such as mm. Southern California or Hawaii, I'll definitely write songs with birds. That one is a good day. Like waking up to, birds and um, my little morning ritual is really amazing um and watching the sunrise and stuff but that's really when i'm in a certain i could do it anywhere but i just typically will do that routine when i'm in um, a sunnier place or um, a beach kind of location then i'll yeah. i'll get up earlier and um that's the dream is is those moments nice nice so i mean definitely i think like Everything that you said on, on this episode so far is 100% driven by having not only a positive, but an action-taking mindset, right? So, like, I think this is one of those things that some people may have it in the ingenuity to have that inside of them, but then you're influenced by particular things on that path. So, in this next question, like, what books did you read in, to get to where you are, it's a three-part question, right? What books have you read to kind of influence that mindset that you have on your journey? What books are you currently reading to kind of maintain and grow? And are you an author? Have you written any books? Yeah. Um, so I'll say kind of three. One book, uh, okay, actually I have four books. Um, but 
two of these books I read over and over again. So you could ask me what I'm reading and it's usually like I'm reading this book again, uh, two of them. So my my favorite book is A Wrinkle in Time mm. by Madeline Engel, L. Engel. Um, and that one I, you know, started in childhood and I've, I've read it over and over and over and over and I just love it. And there's something in it. I think it has spiritual messages somewhere in there. Um, it's just the element of adventure, the element of transformation, of being able to bend time, if you will. Um, and it's a little bit, you know, fantasy, sci- sci-fi. Um, so I read that one over and over just to spark my own, my own writer in me um, and my own just self. I don't know how else to say that. It's just something that really moved me. I, I love that book. Um, and then I also read Wicked, um, uh, the tale of, you know, Alphaba and the, the story of the Wicked Witch of the West, mm. which is also maybe a cliche, but I truly love the the musical and I love the book and I love Wizard of Oz. And so I read a lot of Frank Baum or um, just Wizard of Oz literature, just mm-hmm. performing arts literature, but I do the history on it. I I go deep on um, whether it's researching the actual family members and like meeting them and then going deeper, deeper to hear their own life stories and then keep reading the literature. Like I do that type of work that really inspires me. Mm. Um, so those are two that I, I, I work with now and I consistently reread. Like it's just something I've done. I don't know why I do it. Um, and then the two other ones that really were game changers in, um, oh, I'm getting chills, but, um, or like nervous, but the game changers for, mindset work were two books who switched off my brain by carolyn leaf really helped me to understand mental health pathways and to not make yourself wrong for if you have um depression or anxiety or ptsd which i do um and so that one really helped me to have my spiritual beliefs but not that that let that get in the way with psychological or mindset or even new age manifestation law of attraction work. So I've blended all of the all of these types of uh, theories, including my degree has lots of books I've read just for school. But um, who switched off my brain was huge and really being like accepting of it's okay to have mental health uh, battles or struggles or that journey um, and having the exact direct solutions of what to do to to um leverage it is the words i'll say not fix it but leverage and gain that relationship that's positive and productive um and then the other book that really made a difference with my ability to manifest like this like serious magician alchemist here probably a scary like level i'm so confident in my ability to manifest anything um and so this book is called write it down make it happen by henriette clauser and so that's really just the power of writing it down on the paper. It's intentions. It's writing it on the calendar. It's script writing. So I, my, my first program I sold as a coach was called Compose Your Life, which is also a, a, a book. And it's not, well, it's a, it's a musical, actually. So I'm in, I'm in work with publishing my work to the level of having published books out there. So right now, I don't. Um, it's more like um, songs I have out or uh performances I've done, but I'm writing a lot of things and they're kind of just sitting because I have different deals with different publishers. And so I'm just taking my time finding the right, the moment to feel like, okay, it's time to pull the trigger. Um, But this write it down, make it happen really unlocked the ability to see how powerful your words are, your, your intentions, and to know that you matter and that you do have an, you do create that ripple effect in your life when you 
when you take action and when you make a decision really is what it's about a core decision then you can do anything um and i think you're unstoppable basically so those are the books um and then i i did say compose your life is like a, a it's a tour it's a concert it's a book it's a way of thinking it's a it's a core message and it's like an entire uh script that has characters and it's a way i'm portraying my books like mixed media if you will hmm. um so that's one of them that i'm working on and um being the composer of your own life so lots of empowerment in that uh in that work um and i have some other books coming um one of them is pretty dark um it's called the murder of jennifer dodge hmm. and it's very raw about um just mental health and um really going there with with uh, a stress kind of like has a wicked vibes or the the alphabet like the twisted stories of how our prejudice or how certain scenarios play out and how it affects soul so i go deep in suicide type of topics and i'm trying to portray something and make it very shocking and very hmm. raw because i want to um yeah i want to create that that wow factor that shock factor to really create um a, a different way of thinking in society essentially um you know and i could go on about that mission and who i'm partnered with on it uh, postsecret.com is my affiliate endorsement frank warren um uh endorses my my book or my um my speeches my my art my music whatever it is so the murder of jennifer dodge is going to be you know a film score a book same type of thing and really reaching somebody who's ready to um end their life and to um just speak to their, their darkness, I guess. I mean, I mean, I think with your book, I think all of them like kind of shows you your personality, right? Like some, some people may hear all your books and be like, they're all over the place, but they're all in that bubble of Jennifer, right? And I was hoping that when I asked that question originally, I was like, okay, maybe she's going to say Alice in Wonderland. And then you said The Wrinkle of Time, which is kind of like a parallel, like into the looking glass version of Alice in Wonderland. So it makes perfect sense, like why you went down that route. And in your book that you're talking about, like the murder of Jen, right? It, it's kind of, it's looking into the looking glass. It's not necessarily a reality, but it's it's taking segments of your life and regurgitating it in a fashion to invoke motivation and to inspire other people. So just to kind of talk about those books, I just want people to understand, like what she just said is who she is, but it gives a persona based upon her journey. And she's taking these books and transforming them into reality which is definitely a cool, 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 cool visionary. I would, I would say you're a visionary as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's just talk about like, would you see yourself in, in 20 years from now? Um, where do I see myself? Yeah, yeah. Where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Yeah, that's a good vision. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> like 50 years old. Oh, okay. Here's the, here's the, <laughs> oh, so it'll be a wonderful day. Um, I will be, um, on a, on a yacht or no, on a sailboat in Jamaica with my nice. dreadlocks at 50 or with a new tattoo on my ass or on my butt. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> nothing ridiculous. I'm kidding, but not really. And, um, I will have, uh, hopefully I'm, you know, ideally have a family married, mm partner you know just some more love moved in my life with that was would be the goal my own family is a goal um and overcoming that fear of childbirth that's just one mm -hmm. of them um but um ideally yeah like i've really finished the job which is um on i 
from building a franchise and investing in franchises. So being a franchise owner will be one of those things and really bringing all of my visionary dreams to life. Ideally in 20 years, I've, I'm retired. I'll never retire, but like I'm retired as in everything I've said I'm going to do is now done and it's, it's out, it's published. It has every level of uh, creative expression that I wanted. Um, to portray it and um it's grown you know worldwide i'd like to have a lot of things tangible in person whether that's like certain characters i've written now kind of like harry po- you know universal studios harry potter world i definitely dream of having my own empire entertainment empire um where you can literally go to the castle you meet the the fairy queen you dress up like the fairy queen i'm just making it up but um or the elf or the tree gnome or the things mm-hmm. And you get that interactive experience on another level of customer service that Mm -hmm. Disney never took it and that Universal Studios never took it. Um, And so that's what I'm looking for is just the full empire born, uh, then the dream, the billboards, the the tour, the the viral album, the billion dollar launch on a film. I mean, I have a lot of dreams to do a lot of things. And so hopefully in 20 years, my simple strategies have been planted really strongly and teams have been built really strongly and yeah the pillars have just been invested in really well with with whatever that means for the business on the back end um and that i'm feeling that freedom to just travel and enjoy witnessing the fruit and and witnessing the joy of people's Hmm. you know projects coming to life themselves or interacting with ours that we we created too so that's Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to what you said earlier on, I mean, are are you sailing right now? Are you into sailing? I know. I mean, I am not a sailor. I would happily hop on a sailboat and learn tomorrow and uh, not by myself. Need help. Um, <laughs> I would be nervous. But um, no, I mean, I'm a I'm a, a rafter. I'm more of like mm. a river rafting, canoeing nice. or canoeing. But I would love to sail. Um, cool. And I am scuba certified. So I love to explore and I'm all about it uh, adventurous wise. So nice. Right. So I think we, we share that commonality. I'm scuba certified, scuba certified as well. And I took up sailing last May. So bought a boat and everything. I've been sailing for about a year now. Wow. It's yeah. such a, I, yeah, I would love to parasail also or surf. Um, mm-hmm. But those types of skills are so challenging. Like it's so impressive that you, that you do that. Believe it or not, I mean, it's not as, it's it's kind of like, I think your brain could definitely separate like the details of it. It's it's literally linear. It's kind of like you pull up the sail and the wind is coming from that way. You put the sail on this side, the wind is coming from that way. You put the sail on that side. It's literally as simple as that. And then obviously there's other technical things that go into it, but it's just simply following the wind. That That's really all it is, is capturing the wind wherever it comes from. So I think definitely, I think you would be great at it if you definitely decide to go down that, that path, right? Um. So let's this, this talk about, thinking like, you talked about all these different systems, all these different pillars. There's got to be some software behind the scenes that kind of help you manage this, manage all of these things. Like what applications would you recommend that you would not be able to do what you do without? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Squarespace just for mm-hmm. the, the website stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
that I've, I'm happy with. And that was kind of my, really the epitome of when I made my, it's cliche, but when I made my website, that was just so like me claiming mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. And I get to decide, like, if I say this, this is done and putting it on the website, just, that means it's done. So that was huge. I know it's simple. Um, but my favorite systems are right now, like Logic Pro, I just production stuff, being able to produce voiceover or uh, backing tracks or vocals, um, commercials. It's yeah, it's it's um, like Adobe and Logic Pro are kind of my main my main hmm. my main squeeze. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I mean, just little Calendly, like just the cliches that I've used in the coaching industry have really been something that I've just, it worked for me. So I just kept working with it. And I, I did want to keep a simple feeling. It made me feel mm-hmm. safe. Like I can trust this. Um, so yeah, I mean, mine are just the Squarespace, Calendly, uh, Adobe. I mean, I can do uh, the all of the softwares such as if you're making a movie, but usually I outsource to experts mm-hmm. um, and people I trust that can translate and deliver quality and we'll, we'll follow through in a project. So, I mean, I have a teams that work with all my go-tos, whether that's, um, Ableton live to produce, uh, loops for my vocals or, um, you know, just there's different, uh, pro tools and things like this. But for me, myself and I logic pro X is like, is gold. It's just what I love to work with specifically. Nice, nice. So you're both in a, an Adobe and an Apple branded house. Gotcha. And yeah, I remember when I, when I back in the day when I was doing like more video stuff, at, you know, using Avid and the people that even remember Avid kind of just goes back to like the old school way of thinking, linear editing. And, you know, obviously Adobe and Apple are like the brand names of today's world. But in that, right, so you're talking about more so the production side of things. What do you do as far as like your copy editing, copywriting, or any particular software that you use for that? No, um, I don't. I mean, I work with just Google, Google Docs, mm-hmm. which I really love. Google's just how they created the Excel spreadsheets, mm-hmm. everything like this, and made it accessible for people. Mm-hmm. Love you, Google. Um, <laughs> they love but, you back. <laughs> I know, right? They're like, we, we're watching you, and we love you. <laughs> um but my mother is an editor uh diane dodge so she and she's a storyteller she was you know when i was a child rocked me to sleep with my leg aches and would tell stories so she's the heartbeat of of that and so honestly i'm so blessed like and my brother as well as a genius writer genius editor like ah i love their talent and um so usually i'm a little bit spoiled as in i can just hey mom will you edit this and so i've always had that uh ability to send in my work and trust that it would, cause she was, was a medical transcriptionist. Nice. So we can type really fast. We can catch all the errors real quick. And then, uh, she will support me on, um, on that, hmm. but I'm also an editor myself. So again, this is like, you could call me, what's the words naive or uh, rookie status. And I, I hear you. So the critics can send me a letter. That's fine. We'll take it. Um, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, I like, I almost am a rebel. Like, I don't want to edit my work. Like, I don't want to do anything. I just think it's perfect. Again, it could be an error. I could be called out. It's fine. But I really think I write so well that I, it's done. And that's, that's kind of my truth. And of course, I'm going to follow, you know, whether I work with Hay House or whoever has offered me a book deal, then I will 
you know, hire their team to edit it and do the, everything proper because you should always triple, quadruple times 10 check things. It's important to present yourself well. I believe that. But um, yeah, I guess I'm just really kind of confident in my ability to also mm. catch it and also my mother will catch it or whoever and then we're good to go. So that's nice. that's my way I work. But Right, right. Yeah. So in this next question, let's just say I'm a teenager or maybe I'm in my early 20s, right? And I'm hearing your story and I'm like, okay, she's 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 a literal Disney princess. And at the same time, she's a production artist. She's a writer. She's all these different facets, right? What words of wisdom would you give to an individual that hears this podcast and wants to follow in your footsteps? I would tell them to trust yourself, to really develop that relationship, to trust yourself and to listen to your intuition. So carving that path of, yeah, that self-trust because everybody, no matter how genius they are, no matter where they are on their path to serve you, because everybody I truly believe is there to, you know, we all serve each other and it's divine, if you will. Um, but no matter how famous they are, how successful they are, or what system they're pitching to you, trust yourself is what I'm going to say, because you do have a unique heart, heartbeat or imprint to bring. Um, and so, you know, we need that creativity, we need innovation. And so it shouldn't be, I mean, again, I believe in following a cookie cutter system just to get something, you know, going just because sometimes people get stuck on the details and they're like, now they do nothing because they needed that structure. So I'm not saying don't take advice or don't, um, allow structures to support you. But I'm saying deeper than that, to trust yourself, because people will tell you all sorts of things, and they think it's your best interest, because they want to help you. But deep down, you will know the direction of your own projects the best. And so it's really just being able to be artistic in seeing it as a privilege to make your own decisions. And um, so again, like my criticisms, and I receive a lot of coaching. So I do filter and I, I'm open to receive and I, I get edited all day. Like I have, if you're high end talent, you're going to get, you're going to receive feedback and that's just how the industry works. Hmm. But um, deeper than that, you can master your own craft and trust yourself. Um, you know, specifically like for me, if you tell me I should have just picked actress and stuck with it and who am I to try to do a coaching company or a, trying to be a script writer, trying to be a producer, you're, you're all over the place. That really hurt me for a while. Like you're all over the place. It made me feel like I was wrong for trusting myself when deep down, I'm not, I know exactly what I'm doing and I know why. And it's, it's divine. It's, I have clear instructions in my heart and brain, what I'm doing and why it's going that way. So I just think it's, it's balance. Like let yourself find the balance of not giving all your power away but also allowing yourself to receive interjection or help when you need that that mm. uh, quantum leap or that breakthrough. Um, but the breakthrough comes from you and um, everything is artistic expression. So you should really, I recommend you um, do it your way, really. Yeah, do it your way. Nice, nice. So, I mean, how can people find you online? I mean, like, I think earlier you talked about a couple of your websites, you know, what's your social media profiles? How can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so I'll say the main ones um, because I do have different threads, whether that's my YouTube channel, um, my Instagram, or my website. Um, at the moment, those are my main three. So the best way to start is just Jennifer Dodge Pink 
uh, because it's easy to remember. You know, you type in Jennifer Dodge, my name, or JD is my production label, um, and then pink, and I will pop up on Google. So that's pretty easy to find the pink girl that you might see Tinkerbell. So it's like easy to find me that way. Um, and then ideally, my website is always guiding you to the next, you know, way to work with me or the foot way to contact me or, you know, the next project I did, artistic thing I did. So the website's the main one. Um, and then I recommend you follow my Instagram because that's where you'll get my stories where I'll say the truth and you know, I'll say maybe secret little messages in my story that disappear. So it's like a way to see the behind the scenes of, mm. of my own rabbit, rabbit hole, if you will. Um, and then, um, you know, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, that's where I do my, you know, my modeling or just myself, my self-expression there. Um, mm. So Jennifer Dodge, JD, um, Instagram and my website. And then I definitely recommend following my YouTube channel, especially when I, I really launch some big projects coming. That will be really exciting to uh, see that grow and mm. interacting with my uh, with my people on YouTube. Um, so those are the three. Nice, nice. So going into the bonus round, and I was looking forward to, to asking you this particular question just because I have no idea what you're going to say, right? Like, so the, the question is, if you can be a superhero, right? Any superhero, right? No matter what brand it is, whether it's Disney or, or Marvel or DC, who would that superhero be and why? Hmm. Can it be like, does it have to be a name or can I make it up or um, anything? Okay. Anything you want. I mean, you could talk about like the, the, the powers you, you would like to have if, if it was to be a superhero. Okay. Oh... <laughs> see this is where the like the the responsibility of power comes into play mm -hmm. um i okay this is it i would like to, and i believe i i have this gift in in person like i actually believe i have the superpower so you know behind the scenes secret of my brain um but it would be levitation the ability to it's not just cliche like i'm gonna fly like it's like it was, and truly, this is, you can call me, whatever you want to call me behind the scenes is fine. But when I perform on this specific stage, like this live theater stage, and when I'm truly channeling characters, mm. I levitate. Like, I swear I levitate sometimes. Like, especially with Tinkerbell. Mm. Mm, I think I have this superpower. But I know that sounds a little silly. So it would be the ability to levitate myself and objects so that's like mm. uh, telekinesis um so what would the character's name be and so the reason i mean just the satisfaction of being able to like lift a car or freeze everything and like have that mm. that kind of telekinetic telekinetic power um mm. and i would say more like psychic stuff which i also feel like i have but um just deeper levels of being able to tune into just the truth and then being able to weave elements, if you will. So bend water, bend time, mm. work with flame. Like, so that's where I see telekinesis or levitation kind of all blends together. Um, being able to levitate a pencil and be like, it's just, it's about efficiency. Yeah. Mm. Efficiency elves can levitate objects to help with the flow of operations. That's mm. the super. Nice. nice. <laughs> so it, it sounds like, if if I was to put it in a name brand, I would probably put Marvel, I would probably put X-Men, and I would probably say the Phoenix, which is 
Jean Grey. And she has like everything that you just listed. I mean, she has telekinesis. She has flames. She could pretty much stop time, control everything. And it's to the point to where it's all engulfing inside of her. And then she became the phoenix where she can then rebirth herself. Like she's impossible to die, essentially. Whoa. Yeah, I identify with that for sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, Who's the new one with Elizabeth Olsen? the on it's like that new tv show oh um wandavision yeah wandavision that's been speaking me too but yes the phoenix i would definitely resonate with that for sure yeah so another bonus question for you a little bit more on the serious side right if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive uninterrupted for those 24 hours who would it be and why um right now the it would be einstein Mm. and why is because I am researching Einstein's work in my um, I'm, I'm in a enrolled in a master's program and I'm writing dissertations for lots of different things I'm building or what I what my mission is and really challenging society, challenging history, challenging what's possible mm-hmm. in our complexities as a human or in our complexities as a society. And also really believing that we have so many solutions in front of us, including people that all have geniuses, if we would just work together a little differently or like click the dots a little more we have it that's that's matt that's um quantum leaping is the words like where you can overnight success something like just unravel it and then it's like poof an empire appeared out of nowhere because i really believe we have that that in front of us at all times for so many things like yeah like world peace anti-violence no one should be hungry in the world like i could just rant and preach and speak to things but My point is deeper than that. Why? Why Einstein? Again, it might be cliche, but he truly was genius and had so many things he challenged with the theory of everything and, you know, even just the butterfly effect or just recently I, um, you know, discovered, you know, his quote, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its life believing it's stupid. And I remember that being one of my favorite quotes ever of like, see, you're just on the wrong path. You don't have to judge yourself and how powerful that quote was but just recently this past month or two i had a new intuition about it and i challenged it and thought what if that fish was meant to climb a tree why are we limiting a fish to climb a tree i don't i don't like that and i got laughed at and kind of again bullied not bullied that's a different thing but just it hurts my soul to feel like people judge me for my my ability to Mm -hmm challenge deeper and um you know i just trust myself like well you can laugh all you want but i'm gonna keep researching and i did keep researching and i discovered as of a couple weeks ago that fish do have evolved to climb trees so um that was really like ah oh my gosh this is amazing and so you know i could say more about why i want to speak with einstein about um just the butterfly effect and he believed that you can't calculate pattern like he believed in calculating patterns and things but then he also believed that you can't predict a butterfly effect so that's why i'd want to speak with him to really like speak to him as his evolved soul or his dead soul if you will and be like let's talk about what is possible again let's reopen your theories but let's transform them in a different in, with jd's you know conversations with you. so that's what i'm after is just yeah like evolving humanity if you will and really seeing what's possible in society through his work and reinventing it even um so that's why i think that would be like incredible 
I think that's totally awesome. I mean, it's when I when somebody asked me that question on my own show, and and, I, and that that was my answer. My answer was definitely Einstein for similar reasons like you. And it's kind of like going back to the fish analogy, right? Einstein was being viewed as a child as being a dumb dog, and in reality, he was just not being utilized as he is or what he grew into be. So it's all about the perception of the individual and to think that he did what he did during. Holocaust and he was Jewish, right? I mean, think about the, the racial things that he had to overcome in the journey to become who he is and who he's remembered as being. It's crazy when you think about who Einstein was. Wow. Yeah. 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 My body's like, I feel it in my legs. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Going into closing, I mean, I think this is definitely a, a great interview, and, and I usually give whoever I'm interviewing the microphone to ask me any questions that may have came up during our interview. So the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess what's your biggest project that you're that you're uh, going forth into? Um, what's and what's your in twenty years answer? <laughs> So um, my, to start backwards, right? So my 20 year answer is to pretty much have a platform that can influence and help people on their journeys and to overcome. Because a lot of times there's so much information and people don't know what to do with the information. So the Boston Cage brand is essentially helping people on that journey through the podcast, helping entrepreneurs find their way to say, you know what, I'm going to step out on faith and I'm going to create something. I'm going to develop my legacy and I'm going to go into business for myself. And then behind the scenes is going to be part Part two of your, your your question was, what am I really working on? So originally I was working on courses. I was like, oh, I'm just going to create some courses to kind of help everybody. And I was like, courses are so one-off. Like I can create a course on how to do Facebook ads. I can create a course on how to create podcasts. But what I really need to do is structure my courses into an academy and that academy needs to be targeted towards the individuals that I'm talking to. So if I'm talking to authors because I'm an author, if I'm talking to podcasters because I'm a podcaster, if I'm talking to entrepreneurs because I'm an entrepreneur, like that's the bigger thing that I'm working on. How do I create this ecosystem of getting people to understand, okay, you could be a podcaster, but there's always another level. You could be an author. They could always be another level and create this community of people interacting. And then there's the overlap. Like I always believe that every podcaster and every author, they're one and the same. Every person that creates a book should have a podcast. Everyone that creates a podcast should have a book. But what does that really look like? And what's the steps to get that achievement? So that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, it's important to have those pathways because I, yeah, to know exactly, you know, just just ABC, you know, really clear. Because um, there is a lot out there of information and what you should do, what you, you know, or like, you get used to TikTok and now it's Clubhouse or it's it's whatever. So just knowing those um, what's possible is really cool. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> well, I, I definitely, I mean, if you have any other questions, this would be the time. If not, then any other questions? Um, what are you reading? I'm, I have a whole book club, so I can kind of, I'll tell you, our book of the week right now, it is, I think, Hustle Hard by 50 Cent. That's the book that we're reading this week. Oh, wow. I know you have the book club. Um, yeah. Do you ever get tired of, of, that's a silly question, but hmm. do you ever get, like, burnt out of all the content is what I'm asking? Like, having books, because I, I get overwhelmed by content of, like you said, of just having so much information and then... Mm -hmm. It's like it's amazing to have your. It's like so many amazing uh, resources, and so do you ever feel like information 
overload or are you always filled up because you're you're enriched i guess with your i think books? i think for me it's kind of kind of goes back to like sacrificing right to kind of be the pinnacle point of your target community so in my community of people they're they're essentially looking to me to facilitate this information in a structure to them so as as myself i have to sacrifice the time and not really and it's funny because i interviewed someone uh, like a couple weeks ago and they were saying to be successful you have to be okay with being bored and you have to be able to push through being bored to get to the next level of that achievement so Sometimes you may hit the hurdle, like reading a book per week is the goal of the book club. That's the 52 week, right? And I always say that, you know, think about most successful CEOs, they accomplish 60 books per year. So 52 is actually a shortfall, but I have to kind of train people into reading a book a week and strategize on how to do that. And to your point, not be overwhelmed. How do you take parts of a book? How do you dissect the book? How do you speed up audio books so you can kind of get more content a lot faster and kind of goes into me creating a journal. So now you have a journal to listen to your audio book to take notes. All of these things, I'm sacrificing my time to structure it to where other people can kind of learn from my example and take it and go and grow with it moving forward. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't believe in boredom, but I hear you too of the, like discipline or that. Um, just the yeah, you you set up the foundations and then you you set up long term success and unlock it for others too. Hustle yep. harder. I wonder. Do you find that you um, you clash with certain books you choose, like you regret choosing it, or you learn, or you don't resonate, or do does that happen? I don't want to say I think it happens. I think more so what I've learned is ecosystems, right? I'm a podcast host. So if I was to separate my book club from my podcast, I think it would be a chore because I'm doing two separate things. But in this particular episode, you've probably listed off maybe four to five books. So what am I going to do then? I'm going to take those books and I'm going to flow them into the book club. And then I'm going to base upon your recommendation so I'm always going to have content for the book club. I'm always going to have resources because I'm always going to be interviewing people like you that are in the space, in the mindset that these books have been influential in your life. And again, this podcast is about influencing others. So I'm being influenced by the books that you guys are reading. Now, obviously, I have my own book choices as well. But because I'm doing two, three, four, five podcasts a day on average, that's 25 books per day that I could easily flow into the book club without having to think twice about it. The only thing I'll have to do is go in and get the book and read it myself. Wow. Yeah. So it's just systems. Just putting systems yeah. in place. You are. That's really cool to see that organized and the flow. It just is abundant. It just doesn't stop. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's an ecosystem that essentially feeds itself. And then part of that is like, you know, like my podcast, right? And you're familiar with podcast. My podcast upcoming talk is about why every podcaster should have a directory. And it's the same thing. A directory is self-funded by the principal. So if, I, if I'm writing books, guess what? My, my book club is a directory of books. My podcast then has a directory of people that I've interviewed and it becomes a marketing tool for both myself and the person I'm interviewing. So imagine you have your image on my directory and here's a list of services. Here's your contact information. It's, it's all self-funded information within one ecosystem to grow and grow and expand this brand out over a period of time. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I'm not going to suck up any more of your time. I definitely appreciate it. I think you brought a lot of things to the table and just, you know, thinking about you being the talent boss and being a literal Disney princess is epic in itself. So I definitely appreciate you and thanks for coming on the show today. 
Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure and I really appreciate it. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Sweet. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.